The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host, Simon Pound. Business consultants McKinsey recently released commentary that said some industries have seen a decade of digitisation in the last few months. And if you happen to have kids in your life, you'll know all about the challenges and fast adoption of tech that schools and education have seen this year. For our lockdown, we parents had what seemed like endless repetitive problems with Google Slides, things not saving, appearing, formatting, or anything just working. There were tears and frustration up and down the country, and the kids found it hard too. Well, one Kiwi-based education tool had a great 2020 because it took a bunch of these frustrations and made it easy to collaborate, annotate, work, and see what others are doing in a shared online workspace. The app is called Kami, which means paper in Japanese, and it's creating a shared learning environment for millions of kids and adults around the world. The app is now used in more than one in three schools in the US. They're sitting at around 20 million users worldwide, and you might have seen them in the news recently as they made an offer for all New Zealand schools to be able to use it for free for the foreseeable future. The app was launched by three final year students at the University of Auckland, co-founders who picked up a chairman and a business plan through an entrepreneur challenge and have now built the business into a global force in the highly controlled and highly contested education space. To talk the journey, running the business over lockdown with a new baby, and what's next, co-founders Henji Wang and Alif Simpson join me now. Kia ora, good morning. Hello. Good morning, Simon. Hey, so tell me what you two were up to before you got the idea for the app. We were at uni. And we were studying in our final year, and um, we had all these gadgets that we were playing with, all these new devices. And as we were trying to do real work on them, uh, you know, trying to study, uh, prepare for a test, we realized that there wasn't really great software for these devices, especially for taking notes and trying to collaborate and trying to engage with our content in class. So we did something about it. We knew how to code, um, we knew how to design, we knew how to build software that people love, and uh, we did something. So launched it, got a bunch of students, our class, to, to use it, got our professors to use it, but realized that there was actually, you know, if we zoom out a bit, a much bigger problem at play, which is that 
teachers are trying to, all around the world, are trying to get more engagedness, uh, interactiveness in class. And um, that was the real problem, the real challenge for everyone. They were trying to digitize their classroom, and there were a lot of challenges for these teachers. Right. So did it start from kind of a, a problem that you were feeling as, as founders? Because there's the two of you and a third kind of founder out of um, out of uni. And so did it really start with the idea of it's hard to take notes and it's hard to uh, work on kind of the paper that we provided or the things that are on the board uh, and, and, and share that? I think with Hengi and Jordan, the biggest problem was that having the collaboration feel inside a lecture theater. For me, one of my biggest problems was that I, I did politics and media, so I spent most of my money printing and photocopying a lot of stuff for my readings, and that cost me a lot, a lot of money. And just to go through all that, it, it's, it's not a very sustainable way to do so. Um, that's why when we both, when the three of us started talking about it, we we're like, look, we, there's got to be a better solution for this. Like when you look at all the students in le- lecture theater, there's a lot of them with whatever iPads or laptops or whatever device that they may have. How can we connect everyone to make it more interactive and connect the lecturer as well so that the first iteration of Cami, we used to call it Notable, is like having the PowerPoint slide in front of the lecture theater, and then all the students are able to add comments onto the site um, in real time. So if someone has a question at the end of the theater, the other one can answer back, or, or probably multiple people have the same issue and they they can help each other afterwards. And the lecturer can then go back and see what everyone's been talking about throughout the classroom. Um, so that was, the, I guess, the most basic problem that we're trying to solve then. Um, and we really focus on the university at the beginning. What, what year was this, Alan? This was 2012. 2012, yes. 2012, which, you know, like is I mean, eight years, but that's kind of like two or three generations of technology <laughs> ago, isn't it? Like, yes. um, so, so yeah, what, I mean, what was out there and what led you as a team to go, oh, you know, we'll be able to, we'll be able to just build this, make it happen? <laughs> well, you've got all the traditional apps like Word, Google Docs, um, Adobe, Acrobat. Yeah. And... They are really designed for businesses. They're not really designed for teachers and students. And They're so expensive as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just wanted something different that was better for... Um, uh, and more tailored to everyone's needs when you're inside a classroom. And tell me about the... Uh, the Entrepreneur's Challenge, the 100K Challenge. What led you to um, to enter into that and how did it go for you? Oh, that's a funny story to tell. <laughs> so basically, um, Hinge and Jordan and I are already talking about this startup idea. Um, one morning, Hinge just texted Jordan and I telling us, hey, I have, I think, 15 minutes left to submit this entry to the Velocity 100K Challenge. Can you guys have a quick look and just tell me if you're okay with it and I need to submit it ASAP. And so we're like, okay, 
sure, <laughs> go for it. So he did submit. Um, we got r- really lucky. We got into one of the finalists. So I think that's the start of going through the whole um, the whole quote unquote boot camp, start boot camp in um, Auckland Uni. Cool. And along the way, picked up. Uh, a chairman, oh, yes, <laughs> and, um, and 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 a real kind of like, well, a real validation that this idea that you yep. had and this kind of prototypey product that you had had a really big future. Yep. Um, yes, we met Bob through the uh, or um, through the program. He was one of our mentors. Um, when we first met him, it was really good because he was so engaged and interested in our ideas and just helping us put to, together a business plan because it, it, it is a business um, plan competition. So none of us were commerce students, so we have no idea what to do. We don't know what to write on it. We just, you know, Hindi and Jordan are both developers. I'm more of the marketing side of things. Um, so he helped us and he guided us through that. Um, he, he's been really, he's been really good at keeping our spirits high as well because it, it is a very challenging month just going through the, the program. Um, at the end of the day, he, he you know, we, we didn't win um, the competition, but we, we had Bob um, after the program. He asked us, look, what do you guys want to do afterwards? And we, we said, look, we're still, we're still want to continue this. We think there's a lot of potential in this. Um, so he did introduce us to the, our first investors, our early investors, and I say, you know, the rest is history. We got, we finally got him to jump overboard. So he fully joined the company as our chief revenue officer last 2017. Mm. Yeah, that's so cool. And how did you go about? So you started as as notable, right? And in, yes. in the um, in the app store, how did you go about growing to? Uh, you, you know, get users uh, mm-hmm. for for that that product, and then you you made quite an interesting decision to kind of like completely rebrand after a while. Talk, oh, talk, yes. talk me through the growth, and then what was making you think it was time to change? Well, the first thousand users, million users, um, really really hard to get. We were any user that was signing up, we would go and email them. Uh, personally, an email at you know twelve a.m. in the morning and replying at three a.m. and having conversations about how they're using it, what they're using it, why they're using us, why they're finding a solution, why they found us yeah. out of all things out there. And we took that feedback and we just iterated on the product. So the very very first version of Cami didn't have a logout button. <laughs> it didn't. If you forgot your password. <laughs> there was no forget my password. <laughs> and um, of course it has that today, um, a couple of years later. But Phew. the um, that was that was the start of the journey. And we realized that there was a huge amount of people that were doing work online in the cloud and the browser. And there was uh, the only tools that were available required you to go and download it. There were a lot of friction. And if you're a teacher with say 30 kids or in high school, middle school, maybe 150 kids, that's a lot of work that you have to do back and forth, you know, managing files, downloading, uploading, making sure you've got the right ones uploaded, making sure the right kids have the right files, right access to whatever. Um, they're not, 
you and I who have lots of time to spend on those sorts of problems, um, they just want something that just works. And that's if they're even allowed to. Like, education uh, technology is so locked down. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to get something approved to be downloaded and, and put on the put on the desktop. Exactly. Yeah, which is why the biggest competition for us is actually still uh, pen and paper. It's still that resistance to change. It's still that printer and scanner in the office that everyone has to line up for <laughs> in their break periods. Um, it's, it, it's hard to build really easy, simple-to-use software for kids and teachers. Yeah, what led that rebrand? So as Notable, you, you managed to get quite a good kind of um, customer base uh, and, and user base along. What led the change to call it Kami and to, to really um, double down on that education proposition? For our first year, we had 5,000 users, which is great. But for us, that's not the growth that we're aiming for. We want to go big. And we, we're running out of our first um, investment as well. So it's either, yep, we stop here, either we go find jobs or do something else. So we decided that we're going to pivot. We used to focus on university students, so it's mostly note-taking. Um, and then we're like, look, we're just going to release this on the Chrome Web Store, open to anyone who can use it. And that's when, you know, what Henji said, we, we would email a lot of our initial users and just ask them questions. Um, and that's how we found out that, hey, we've been targeting New Zealand universities for our first year. We can do the same effort and grow overseas while being here. Um, so that was the initial, in, you know, um, inclination towards moving into the U.S. Um, and in education, U.S. education probably ended up in 2016. So like a couple years, like a year or two after that. But before we decided on moving into Kami, um, we've, all the feedback that we've been getting is basically just this basic transition from pen and paper into moving all these work onto the devices. Um, especially for teachers. We've seen the trend of even publishers no longer selling textbooks in the classroom. They would just give PDF files or ebooks to the schools. And teachers already have devices. The students already have Chromebooks or laptops. But instead of using all that, you know, ebooks and PDF files, they end up printing them getting the students to write on them and then scanning it back. So that was a waste of resource and waste of time for both the teachers and, you know, all the admin. Very bad for the environment, all that printing. And it takes like three hours of their week just to line up to print. So we're like, okay, we're trying to change, you know, the pen and paper. So we were trying to find a name that would fit that need. And I guess that covers the vision that we have. And Jordan found this word kami in Japanese, which means paper, which is perfect. Mm. And there's not a lot of kami. The, the hardest thing about doing a startup is just finding the name, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. It's just finding something that's that you can easily register. 
yeah. <laughs> and protect. Yeah. <laughs> and notable, there were a lot of notables. And we're like, look, we're, we're beyond note-taking. We're, we're moving to a bigger scale here. So I think Kami paper means great. And in Filipino, it means us and in Indonesian as well. So our goal of, you know, trying tra- transitioning to digital pen and paper and having that collaborative feature covers it. Um, so that's how we rebrand it yeah. <laughs> to Cami. And, and talk, talk through how, like, um, how does it actually work? So say that you're, um, you know, lots of people would have um, helped their kids uh, get onto a bunch of um, online learning platforms this year. Uh, and that, that, yeah, like, it's it's kind of wild how unintuitive some of these things like Google Slides and the like still are. Um, where the teachers will lay out um, the, the 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 exercises for the kids to do, and then you actually have to be a formatting whiz to <laughs> <laughs> to be able to answer them half the time. Um, how, how does how does Cami uh, actually work? How, how how do kids and um, teachers operate on it? So traditionally, pre-COVID, a teacher would have lots of curriculum, a book, a um, a page out of a book, a newspaper article. Um, and you would give it to the kids. Uh, It could be an exercise. You hand it off, print them off, hand it off to all the kids. They would go do the work, and then the teacher would go and collect all that and grade it, give feedback um, afterwards, maybe after a day or so. With Cami, you do all of that, and uh, you can do all of that digitally. So it basically transforms your entire classroom to be a digital classroom. And we support all the file formats. As a teacher, you don't have to think about any of that. You just throw anything and everything that you have at us, and then we'll help you. We'll step you through that workflow of sending it off to your kids and grading it. And And we work with most of the learning management systems as well. So whether you're using Google Classroom or PowerSchool, we work. Yeah, so as as a school, you've got all this technology and we integrate with all of them. So we're part of that collective solution. And um, so it makes it really easy for the teacher. It makes it really easy for the, for the kids to use it. They can go and take a, a curriculum that a teacher sends you, annotate, do their work on it. Um, they can even take their phones and scan something in uh, into Cami. They can uh, record a video, record a vo- your voice. So if you're teaching or learning languages, this is a great way for you to practice your pronunciation. If you're doing a science experiment, you can go and record whatever explosion or thing that you're, you're trying to do. Um, if you're in math, you can just use a digital stylus or your finger or our equation tool to show your workings. Um, during this pandemic, there's been a lot more use of video mm. and screen recording, a lot more collaboration so we're seeing a lot more teachers using it as just a, you know, take a blank page um, and start writing onto it like a whiteboard, but collaboratively. So that's really powerful. Yeah. So to talk me through that, Henji. So what happens? So let's say you've got all the kids, um, you, you know, in the class mm-hmm. are sitting there, um, and they're all they've all got Cami open. The teacher's got Cami open. The teacher chucks it, um, puts up a I don't know a page with some maths equations, uh, and then actually writes out the working. And everyone can see that kind of as a real time thing. And then mm-hmm. they can kind of write answers if they're asked to, and everyone sees the answers. And then another person can go, "Hey, um, you know, Sally, could you explain why Tim got that wrong or whatever?" And and that all happens just kind of um, at, at the same time. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because that kind of wasn't happening in <laughs> no, no, in what we were doing. Yeah, and also it just enables students to do more because we were used to writing essays and submitting all these assignments to teachers, and now with some of the features that we have on Cami, um, they can easily record their feedback either audio or video. So if if you're more of um, if if your way of explaining things is more visual, mm. that's great for you. Um, so we do have a lot of special special needs kids who just tries to integrate with the rest of the the class as well. Before they used to have you know different types of softwares for their own needs, but with Cami they can be like the other kids in the classroom. They're using the same thing. They're they're being um, you know, working together, which is which is really cool. Yeah, cool. And getting onto Chromebook must have been a big kind of um, you know strategic decision that's allowed for this growth. Um, as getting into schools is so hard, how on earth do you get to the point where you know this app from New Zealand is in one in three US schools? And what a remarkable achievement <laughs> that is! Um. I think teachers really love the fact that we're from New Zealand. So for the first, you know, even up to now, um, whenever they find out that we're from New Zealand, they would be like, oh, my goodness, like, we've heard so much. We want to go. <laughs> and when we go to trade shows, we actually make it a point that we stand out and just, you know, tell everyone that we're from New Zealand. We bring in some Whitaker's chocolate and some, you know, even some whatever souvenirs that we can bring <laughs> during that time and just try to get that conversation going. And then once we get our attention, we would just start pitching to them. And they're like, yes, this is something that I actually need in the classroom. And and then we would go further by asking them more questions. Okay, what else do you need? Like, what else can we do to improve it? Um, so that's the initial, like, the early days of trying to grow um, our user base. The teachers are champions um, they're the ones, we, we haven't done any advertising. All of this is just all organic growth. Teachers telling other teachers about our product. And they are actually advocating and doing it, you know, organically amongst themselves. Like we, we've, at the beginning, we've seen a lot of growth within, say, around Palm Springs area in lower um, Southern California. We've seen the growth within that circle, like that radius of um, districts. And it's quite interesting to see how that goes. And then we found out that's because a couple of teachers started talking to each other and just sharing notes and saying, hey, I use this in my classroom. You shouldn't use this. You have the same problem. You should definitely try it out. That's wild. So you've built to nearly 20 million users Mm -hmm. without doing traditional kind of advertising. No. Just by having a great product. And and how do you help those advocates share the word? We, our marketing efforts have focused heavily on community building Mm. and nurturing that Mm. community. So we want to activate all those teachers who are really interested and who's really um, energized, I guess, to share the word out there. (laughs) So we, we had set up certain programs to do that and to support them. We We've also, before COVID, we came to a point that we're actually sending some of these teachers um, around the U.S. 
because they're the ones training other mm-hmm. teachers. We'll be like, hey, would you want to do this? They're like, yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll train other teachers and talk about Cami. So and other kinds of programs that we have just to support them as well because they, they don't have a lot of resources, but they're, they're really eager to support, uh, to do more and to help other teachers because we're in a time that the teachers are trying to figure out how they transition their classroom digitally, even before the pandemic. Um, I think the pandemic just definitely sped things up by two to five years of what was supposedly progress, but they're already getting there. They're already trying to transition. That's why they're very eager to learn and to find out different solutions um, for their classroom. And once they find something, they're willing to share it to others. If you love the spin-off, the best way to show it is to become part of the spin-off members. This is the fund that helps us keep free and accessible to all without a paywall. It also funds some of our most important and acclaimed journalism. Check it out through the spin-off. Kia ora, I'm Sophie. And I'm Simon. And I'm Alice, and together we host the Spinoff's food podcast, Dietary Requirements. Join us each month as we explore a vast culinary landscape, from the gourmet Ooh la la. to your more hearty taka. Kiwi onion dip, anyone? Everything's on the table in Dietary Requirements. Subscribe wherever you listen to all your other favourite podcasts. <laughs> Tell me about that, because you know, lots of companies have had a, a pretty unusual 2020. What what's what is the pandemic and um, you know the effects of uh, all the lockdowns and the the, the speed to digitisation? What's that done for your business? It's meant that there are now you know over a billion and a half people around the world that need our product. It means that everyone in education has been, I guess shocked into um, having to digitize their their classrooms overnight. And um, those who have been using our tool for a very long time, they were telling everyone and everyone about, this is the tool you got to use. And we immediately became, um, over a couple of months of weeks over these shutdowns, the tool of choice for these teachers to go and turn the classrooms and digitize the classrooms. So it's had a massive impact on on us. Um, we when we when it first started, schools shut down, the offices shut down. They needed our product. So a few schools in Hong Kong, when their schools first shut down around the world, uh, emailed us and they said, "Can we start using Cami?" It was a no-brainer for us. We just started giving every Hong Kong school that was asking for it for free. And a couple of weeks later, word uh, got, got up to us that there were schools in Italy and Europe and parts of Europe that were shutting down as well. And they had just heard about Cami because um, other people were trying to find a great solution, hearing from the folks from Hong Kong. Um, and we started doing the same for them. Um, and then... It got really scary when just United States, Australia, you know, really the, the entire world, their schools started getting impacted. They had to go virtual. And we were giving it away for effectively for free for everyone because none of these schools 
um, were able to purchase anything. You know, their budgets were set. Mm. It was the end of the school year. They had probably already spent most of their money. It will take a while for them to get anything approved or processed as well. Yeah, yeah. Pro- so. Procurement's a multi-month process and all the rest. Yes. Of it. So you just decided to totally. Um, to, to go, look, we'll get it in there, we'll help these kids because they, they need it, we'll help the teachers, mm-hmm. um, and we'll work out how they come to pay us in the future. Yeah, we, we stayed for a rainy day and it was boring. Yeah. And um, that's what we did. So we, we gave it, we activated licenses all around the world. We, um, um, we were, at that point, sales dropped to zero. Uh, we were a little bit nervous, I guess. It was a <laughs> nerve-wracking time because U.S., like, Hong Kong, Europe, they're not our main market. And when we encountered this similar issue in the U.S., wherein they didn't have time to put together a budget and to do, go through all these process, it is our main market. What, what, what would we do? Um, but I think it was a no-brainer. The founders immediately talked about it. We talked to the team. Look, shall we do the same for the U.S.? It is our market. Everybody said yes, no hesitation. Um, yeah, no. And you mentioned there, we didn't get any sale for March. Um, it wasn't the best month for the sales team, but you know everybody had collectively decided that we're going to help, and it, it's it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and then being in all these schools as kind of like. I guess an anchor or foundation of their move to digitization that sets you up with a great big base to then convert to paid customers into yeah. the future. I mean, what what have your user numbers done this year? We've easily doubled or tripled our usage. I mean, March, April, May, I think we were quadrupling our usage. Um, this back to school, we we're easily 10x maybe 15, 20x our usage uh, compared to the same time last year. Um, we're, I mean, it, it's, it's meant that things that um, usually you plan for about maybe a 3 or 4x growth year on year, but this year was just a whole different order of magnitude, a whole different level. That's wild. And how do you manage that? I mean, I guess both in terms of onboarding people and giving them the support, um, but also like the 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 tech uh, the the tech stack requirements of um, you know every time you you flick a switch, you know there's 30, 30 kids in a class, a school comes on board, you got a thousand thousand things to provision. Yeah. Like, yeah, how are you able to to to, to do that? Uh, without a huge amount of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's why Jordan, our CTO, is not here. He's still bunked up somewhere. No, He's still recovering. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we, we have an amazing team of people that are so committed to the challenge, committed to the cause of digitizing classrooms all around the world. And COVID just coalesced all of that together. Um, we've got an uh, extremely hardworking team of folks um, all around the world. You know, our base engineering is in New Zealand. Uh, that was where we ran our entire operation. Um, we had to scale up all of our servers and infrastructure and everything um, to basically like a mini data center overnight. Yep. Um, and it, we, we luckily have the cloud and we don't have to be building servers ourselves or anything mm. uh, <laughs> crazy like that anymore. You can sort of just dial up some num- some some more servers, some more 
RAM and CPU and everything else, and um, things hopefully scale. But um, you also have to write you know, really reliable, robust software. So we're lucky that we have such an amazing people group of people that were doing it. And tell me about your offer to any school in New Zealand that's got the right um, got the right mm-hmm. uh, the right email address. Mm-hmm. What can they do with Kami? So all they have to do is sign up and register using their school email, and they would automatically get the license. Um, it's a free upgrade. So instead of um, getting the license and waiting for that to process, they can easily get started. Get your kid that get their students um, started as well. So it's really good. So you're offering you're offering the app to New Zealand schools for free for the foreseeable future. Yes. Why is that? Look, we've as a team we've always thought about ways to give back to the community and I think this is one of the first initiatives that we want to do. Um, we want to help out New Zealand teachers and New Zealand students into transitioning to dig- digital and we just don't want to create any barriers for them to going through that. They're already experiencing so much you know, <laughs> challenges today that we just want to help out and it, it's our own way to give back to community. That's so cool. And as you kind of set out on this kind of, um, you know, these big established players and it's really hard to get into schools and it's, you know, it's hard to sell, it's hard to get money out of them and it's um, hard to get the trust. But you've executed extraordinarily and, you know, 20 million users and the like, you know, like, how does it how does it feel? Like, um, what, what's it like being in the middle of this, um, you know, extraordinary growth growth stage? It's both exciting, exhilarating. Um, we we feel really humble at how many people are. They they tell each other about the product, and sometimes we see some of those uh, messages that they um, send each other on, on social media, uh, and it's just humbling to to read read that and how it's impacting their kids, their class, their teaching, um, how they're transforming that teaching. That's the bit that we're really excited about because we think that digitizing their classroom um, and how no, no teacher has come back to us and said, we've digitized our class, but next year when uh, or whenever the pan- <laughs> pandemic is over, yeah. they can go back to pen and paper. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna... back to the photocopy machine. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I think we're really excited about the opportunity ahead, um, how much we more we can do with their curriculum, with their content, with their teaching, um, how we can you know, reimagine the sort of assessments that they have. It's no longer things that um, you can do both virtually and on pen and paper. It's like it's only virtual. It's only remote. It's only digital. Uh, that's that's a whole different sort of ball game, mm. and um, so I think. I think those are the things that sort of keep us awake and, and, and the night thinking about it and um, keep us sort of moving ahead with trying to, trying to help as many people as we can. Exactly. I wish there's just more time in the day. There's so much to do. But also, it's also the time for our team to grow as well. Yeah. So we're being conservative in a way that we want to make sure that we get the right team members because we it is it is a very challenging time for everybody it's it's not an all fun and partying i wish (laughs) (laughs) but you know 2019 end of 2019 we were 7 million users with 20 team members now we're 
almost 20 million users and 41 team members. And, you know, we want to keep that team culture very, very strong. And we want to make sure that everybody shares the same vision and passion to what we're building. Mm -hmm. And we want to keep that focus on building that Kami teacher community um, because we know that it is it is our strength and you know we've you've mentioned all these bigger players out there that's that's our strength is that we have really very strong community um, that backs us up so which is really good did people tell you it couldn't be done a lot of times (laughs) there were a lot of people that said it can't be done or that you couldn't do it in a way that was um, commercially viable. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of challenges in education, um, but there are also one and a half billion students around the world. Um, so the opportunity is huge, but uh, the challenges are, are massive as well mm-hmm. to get there. You know, it's hard to build software at that scale from day one. Um, and luckily we've had years and years and years of experience um, building software for kids and teachers and visiting their classrooms before this pandemic that, that meant that when it, went, you know, it was go time, uh, it was easy for us to dial up all, all the settings and switches and everything else and make it available to as many people as possible and just go hard. Mm-hmm. What would your advice be to people who, you know, who, who, who do know that they can make something happen in a you know, pretty pretty difficult environment. I mean, the conventional wisdom that said no. Like, um, <laughs> you know, there's probably one out of a thousand that, 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 that make it through. Oh, my goodness. Like, going back to... One in a million. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, you've, you've, yeah. you've, you know, as you've mentioned, how, what does it feel like, you know, being said no? Uh, one funny story is that we've gone through Y Combinator three times. Yeah, the interview process. The interview process, so many times, because um, one of our early investors is Sam Altman, who used to be a Y Combinator president. Yeah. So they've been quite critical on us because you know Sam's with us, and we've gone through so many interviews, and we always end up getting rejected, and then they call us up again, like come back, we're gonna interview again, and then you know didn't work out. So. For us being said, like, education isn't really the sexiest thing to be going for. Um, it was disheartening at first, but, you know, we always regroup at the end of the day and say, hey, this is what we believe believe in. We, we believe that there is a big opportunity here, a big problem that we want to solve. And it's a daily problem that people encounter And we want to dedicate our time into focusing on that. Like we could have gone probably a different market, tried a different audience, but we want to do... Trendy work collaboration tool. I know, right? Yeah. We can do that later on. But right now, education needs us. It's We're not just helping solve a problem today. We're helping solve a problem for the future as well. Like the kids need this. Teachers need this. Um, And it's just kind of frustrating to see that education for throughout these years hasn't been given the, the you know the attention it deserves like when you look at the edtech space it's still it's either really old and archaic software is available or there's a lot of problems that still needs to be solved so there's a lot of opportunities for startup entrepreneurs to to do something 
Um, so for us, we've always like for the four four founders, we've always believed that this is what we're going for. We'll just focus on this, and you know, just just keep iterating, keep fixing things, um, and look at look at what we're going through now. We we've proven that it is an essential tool that people need, and they're willing to pay. Like right now, we. This, you know, even though we've given the software for free to you know our U.S. customers, a month afterwards they started paying us mm-hmm. because they know the value of it. Even though we're like, look, it's still free; you can still use it for free. But they're like, no, 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 no. We've we've got our setup sorted. Here's here's our payment. Um, so which led to the sales growth as well, um, which is quite great to see. Oh, that's fantastic. And as a final thought, what will success be for you as a team? You know, we've been embarking on this digital transformation uh, for a number of years now. Education is one of the largest sort of sectors or industries in the world, uh, but it's also one of the slowest at digitizing their classrooms. We're lucky in that there's this massive transformation in, in the way, um, and I think moving forward, that transformation is going to be here permanently, and that presents a lot of opportunities for kids and teachers to really reimagine the learning environment, reimagine the how you teach, how you learn, how you do assessments and testing. Um, maybe you don't do any as much testing. Uh, high-stakes testing anymore because it's all done through the process of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I think people have seen as well, uh, and maybe to the dismay of, of parents, is like learning doesn't stop after school. It continues. And when you're at home and you can see the kids still learning at um, middle of the night, um, you know that, that brings it home for a lot of teachers uh, and, and parents. Um, to realize that it happens all around the clock. So we hope to see that transformation uh, over, the, over the next couple of years and, and you know, maybe 10, 50 years into the future. Uh, and we want to just be there to, to build the tools that they need to be part of that transformation. I guess for me, success is knowing that all these students, when they move on to the workforce, they would bring Cami with them and that for me is a great um, you know great way to show that it is something that they would need even beyond the classroom I think that would be a success for me that's so cool it's such a lovely thought that you know the that, that showing the process of your decision making and how you got somewhere and learning how to make good decisions and collaborate with others ends up being more valuable than regurgitating facts in a test or something. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. Hey, well, thanks so much for sharing the story today. That's really cool. And if you are interested in education, yeah, that offer is available to all New Zealand schools. So have a chat to you, have a chat to your teacher. Thank you so much for joining us today. That's Henji Wang and Alev Sampson from Kami. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Simon. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much to Tina Tiller for producing and thank you for having us along in your ears. Cheers. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound, and brought to you by the spin off and Callahan Innovation.
from the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring. Brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.